You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is Dan Patrick. Oh, they said it couldn't be done, but we're here. here. The band is back together again. again. Seton O'Connor back from Las Vegas. His road trip with the French kid. You smell a little suspect, but you look great. I'll take that. Yeah. I think. (laughs) We were listening to some uh, stories last night with Seton and the French kid. Looked like you had a great time. A little bit longer than you thought. Uh, How many hours total cross country? Uh, You know, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm still kind of delirious. The only one I'm positive of is that that Houston to uh, uh, El Paso swing is still sort of the uh, after effects of that are still lingering. That was the 16-hour one. Okay, but Pennsylvania is forever. I said that's what should be their motto, Pennsylvania driving through. (laughs) Pennsylvania is forever. And then Texas is forever and then so. And you could do that the long way, which we did. Yeah. And that was a long drive, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Paul. Remember the show Friday Night Lights? Texas forever when they're cheers. It's true. Man, is that the truth. All righty. Well, come on in. we got a great guest list. Uh, Will Farrell stops by. Reggie Miller. Reggie Aloysius Miller Jr. The third will join us. And the great insider from Monday morning quarterback Albert Breer will stop by as well. We call it Super Week this week. The DP Show brought to you by Link Soul Apparel, a lifestyle brand for any occasion. I've got one of their pullovers on today. Looking saucy. Thank you. Thank you. Compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight, size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready-for-anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. You know, this is kind of like a high school reunion that you didn't think you were going to return to. We used to work with DirecTV, and so we're back here in Los Angeles. This is our old studio that would we, we would use. It's uh, used by the Red Zone, and uh, good to see some familiar faces back here, and uh, great to be back in Los Angeles. I, this has a feeling the way New York did with the Super Bowl. There's certain pockets where you go, oh, there's a Super Bowl this week, but Los Angeles is so big, you come in through the airport, okay, there's a Super Bowl, and then you leave sort of the airport, and you go, I don't know, there's no Super Bowl (laughs) this week. You get that feeling. But uh, went by the stadium, uh, looked beautiful, but that's about all. That's about all I've seen so far. No celebrity sightings. Uh, Staff dinner last night, which was good. You know, bonding together. Backroom guys got on those little scooters. What are those damn bikes called? I don't, I don't birds. Know. Yeah, birds. They're all over the city. They're kind of like this uh, metal hard little scooter that you put your debit card in yeah. and you use. And uh, there was an incident. There yeah, was there, an incident. There was an accident with one of the backroom guys <laughs> last night. You know, they showed up at the restaurant we were going to, and I said, this isn't. I mean, it looked like one of those um, non-threatening biker gangs, but, <laughs> but they were on their little scooters, and uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't too imposing. And I just said, okay, you're going to. You're sober now. You're going to have a couple of beers. I'd prefer you didn't take the little scooters back. Don't uh, drink and scoot is what you said. They then. didn't listen to They me. did not heed that advice? They did not. Mm. So uh, had an accident. I went to Venice Beach yesterday. I went down to the basketball courts just to kind of scope out the competition. Did you light them up? No, I just I shot a little bit. But uh, there were a couple of games going on. And there's always the guy who's waiting for an NBA scout to show up. And he's going behind his back, and then he'd go behind his back. He wasn't moving anywhere. And he would go like this, and then go like this, and then go like this. And then I'm going, the dude hadn't moved. So the guy playing defense on him has just got his hands out like this. And uh, he was auditioning for the N1 mixtape there. And uh, then he makes his shot, and then he starts flying down the court. And then they had a DJ. 
a DJ was calling the game at a basketball court. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, making fun of these guys, but it was uh, it was entertainment there. Yes, Todd. Did you throw any iron around over at Venice mm-hmm. Beach Gold's Gym? Uh, Gold's Gym was closed. It was. Yeah, I uh, walked by to see if anybody wanted to spot me. So you had that M drive going. <laughs> you had to stop yeah, a little bit. got my M drive. I was ready to go. Let's see if uh, Schwarzenegger was there to spot me there. You have the poll question today. I do. Oh, I warn you. See, this is what... It, the, the poll question is rife with Todd's experiences out going out here. The but, first one is actually sports-related, and then it's about, you know, life experience. By the way, this is one of the few times I can say you are bright today. Is this too, is it too much? <laughs> yeah, you're out. I was debating whether to wear this no, or not. No, but you know, I normally don't say you're very bright. It's kind of orangey peach. You're bright. It's uh, That's peach. It's not distracting you, though. No. You three hours to No, I like it. Okay. No, I like it. All right, so Todd will have a poll question. By the way, phone calls are welcome, even though we're here in Los Angeles. We have the capabilities, I believe. I believe Tyler is back there, and Marvin's back there answering phone calls. Operator's standing by. All right, so Todd will have that 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. You can dial us up, email, tweet, all the above. Say good morning to Fox Sports Radio, uh, iHeartRadio, and our radio affiliates around the country. Also, Peacock, you can watch this. You can stream it. And uh, you can download that app for free. Yesterday, we got to see some of the NFL's best athletes competing in the Pro Bowl. Competing, uh, I'm not going to use that in capital letters. The game looked a little bit more like slow dancing there after a while. Two-hand touch. And there was a moment where you go, wait a minute. The officials have to know that all you have to do is put two hands on somebody. And then they're blowing the whistle. Now, they started out playing football. And then it sort of uh, devolved or morphed into two-hand touch there. And, and look, I understand it. The Pro Bowl, we want, I guess we want real football. The point is, why not if the players are having fun? Isn't that enough? Why, it doesn't, nothing is, is hinging on this. Remember when the baseball all-star game was, hey, if you win, then uh, your <laughs> league gets to host the uh, World Series. There's nothing there. I mean, imagine if there was something. That, uh, you know, you get to win the coin toss if uh, the AFC wins. But I just watched it, and, and I was watching the golf, and Paulie goes, you've got to turn on the Pro Bowl. I go, I, uh. I think there's more contact in the golf. Yes, and I watched uh, Mac Jones was running, and then somebody just put their hands on him, two-hand touch. They blew the whistle. He kept running, <laughs> and then he did an end zone dance. And I thought, oh, my God, look at Mac Jones, Forrest Gump. He's just running and running and running. <laughs> Ripped off a 60-yarder and yes. hit the gritty. Yes. Like, yeah, dude. That's what the Pro Bowl's all about. Yeah. I, I just want to know, and I don't know what happened after the game, but I would like to have had an interview asking somebody like Max Crosby, hey, Max, when did it turn into two-hand touch? Because I don't know if this was both sides saying, hey, let's just play two-hand touch. Or if it was the officials had to be in on this. Because if not, then you're just putting your hands on them. They're not going to blow the whistle. And then they did blow the whistle on Mac Jones. And I thought, you know, this is, this is a real two-hand touch <laughs> with fully padded players. But if I'm one of those players, hey, I'll play in the Pro Bowl. Are you guaranteeing my contract? Because there is no reason to be out there if, you know, you could jeopardize. Max Crosby, I think, is a free agent next year. But... I, I can't put them out there going, come on, guys, you played 18 games or 18 weeks, playoff games, get out there. Yeah, Seaton. You know what, I bet you a million bucks, though, if you put flags on those dudes, it would be competitive as hell. Yeah. 
I bet if they were wearing flags and all of a sudden you start racing and they know you don't want to get caught, I bet it would be super competitive. Ocho Cinco said they got to try a little bit in the Pro Bowl. Come on. Shannon Sharp, are they not tackling any more in the Pro Bowl? I'm sorry, but this isn't football. I've played in this game numerous times. I love the NFL, but this is embarrassing. Uh, let's see. J.J. Watt. Oh, I've seen walkthroughs more intense than this. Get him, J.J. Demarcus Lawrence. Who's sweating out the most alcohol there at the Pro Bowl? <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Uh, I'm fine with it. I, I don't tune into the Pro Bowl going, what, who won? What, has anybody ever said after a Pro Bowl? Who didn't have money on it. Yeah. and just You know what? I did bet on a Pro Bowl one year. Ooh. That was sad. I lost. That's when you know. Thank you, Todd. Oh, that's when I know. Officially you know. I'm bet on the Pro Bowl. Bowl. But nobody ever goes, what, what happened to the Pro Bowl? You know, oh, AFC won. Oh, God. I like that the offensive MVP was like seven for nine with 98 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. <laughs> Justin Herbert, MVP. And then you see he's the first Charger to win MVP in the Pro Bowl since Dan Fouts in 1983. Where does he put that trophy? You know, that's what I want to know. All the great things like, oh, man, well, oh, okay, all right. Whoa, what's that? Pro Bowl MVP. Yes, Todd. And it wasn't even like it was like co-MVP with someone in his division. Max Crosby, Max Crosby. was also an MVP. Yeah. Defensively. How can you be a defensive player being co-MVP when you don't have to tackle or do anything? Yeah, he was MVP at zero tackles because yeah. he didn't touch anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but how many touches did he have? And there were like seven interceptions in that game. Yeah, Paul. A couple funny things was, I think it was end of the first quarter, and they're starting to play this two-and-touch grab tackle thing. And Micah Parsons just goes the length of the, the field and just cracks some running back. And his own teammates goes, whoa, whoa, young buck, yeah. <laughs> and told him to calm down a little bit. And then they interviewed a punter on the sidelines. There was no punts in the game. And the punter, uh, whoever was doing sidelines was really funny. He had, uh, like, uh, grass stains on his uniform. And she goes, how'd you get the grass stains? I just, well, I just went down on the field and rubbed my knees into the grass. So it looks like I played in the Pro Bowl. But he had a hot dog, yeah, I think, He was too. eating a hot dog. During yeah, the yeah. No punts. I liked it. All right, what else do we have, Todd? Okay, mine was a Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is a fun, lighthearted exhibition, or lame and unwatchable was the first choice. I would say both. When a passenger asks a flight attendant what the beverage options are, you wonder, one of the following, <laughs> did you just crawl out from under a rock? Are you that oblivious and confused? How much self-control it takes to not kick that person's chair or all of the above? I'm going to guess this happened on your flight. It did. Someone in front of me. And they announced before the flight left, even. Uh, we have, thanks you for flying JetBlue. We have plenty of Pepsi products, Sierra Mist, coffee. Went through the whole list. And then as they get to aisle row 38 or wherever I was, it's a, something to drink, something to drink. And you hear other people ordering things. So you probably have a pretty good idea by then what the options are. It's not going to be Mr. Pib, you, Mountain Dew, Tab. Those are off the table. And someone's actually asking, oh, can you made her go through what, what do you have to offer? And she had to go through all the list of drinks, explain the cheese it's versus the cookies or the graham crackers. It's just ridiculous. This I, has a real section row seat yeah, energy yes, to does. it. Yes, it does. I don't know it if you does. guys are picking that, yeah, that vibe. Absolutely. But. The delivery, that sounds like you'd put it in your stand-up act. I have to start cursing now to try to get some yeah. laughter out of it. But I was going through TSA, and there was a guy in front of me. He had two full water bottles in his backpack, and he had two laptops in his backpack. Now, they said to him, and he goes, uh, hey, make sure anything liquid got to be out. If you have laptops, got to be out. So backpack goes through. And the, the guy at TSA goes, you got two full water bottles. He goes, I know, but I haven't opened them. He goes, 
no, you can't have. I'm thinking, have you been on a plane before? <laughs> the guy was probably in his 40s. He opens up the backpack and brings out the two laptops, and he goes, I, I said take out the laptops. And the guy looked at him like, wait, I'm supposed to take them out? And I go, oh, my God. Section row water bottle. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the fact that they weren't open, he thought it was okay. Yeah, Paul. Everybody knows the move. You take your water bottle, you chug it, and then you put it through the screener. And when you get through, you fill your water bottle back up. This is standard procedure. That's what he did. He had to pour it out, put them back in the backpack empty. Yes, he I told you about the time I had that little pocket knife in my backpack going through uh, screening, mm. and a uh, guy was like, uh, oh, hey, you got a little knife here or whatever. I was like, oh, dang, I didn't realize. You know, I just always kept it with me. And he was like, well, you could go over there and send it oh, home, yeah. or you just got to leave it here and throw it away. And I was like, well, I'm kind of running late for my flight, so I guess I'll just throw it away. And he went, okay, and right in his pocket. <laughs> like, dang, dude, you're going to do that instead? You're going to do that right in front of me? Well, Paulie bought me a very expensive lighter. $87. <laughs> yeah, and um, I got on the getting ready to go through TSA. So Paulie, you know, had bought me this, and right in front of him, I'm going through security, and I had that light guy goes through, and he goes, oh, you got the lighter here. Oh, my, it's a gift. And then he goes, uh, you can go back out, and you can mail it to yourself. Yeah. Like, who has that ability to be able to go back out and mail it? And I bought it for you three days earlier. I don't think you had even flicked it yet. It was no. in, still encased. <laughs> Ugh. And, and I'm sure it's in that guy's pocket where he's just, every time he lights up a heater, he's going, man, this is Dan Patrick's. <laughs> Probably has it engraved. This is Dan Patrick's. Uh, any other poll questions? Uh, we had one other one, which was also an experience I had going from my home to the airport in what? Connecticut. You, you want to save that? We could save that one. Yeah, because I can only let you have one gripe per hour. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Seton, you were uh, going to say? I'm just curious about Todd's griping. On Monday of Super Bowl week, this is how we're starting out with all the problems? I just It was just very strange on Saturday. It was like one thing after the other that started irritating me. Okay. <laughs> doesn't take a lot. I know, but you're at I'm Super getting that feeling this morning. Yeah, yeah. But nobody wants to hear anybody complaining in the media. No, but you're I think at the Super Bowl. No, but I'm not complaining about being at the Super Bowl. I'm complaining about the, the, what it took to get here, and I think people can relate to... Did you have a hard time getting to L.A., Todd? <laughs> 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 just just tell us. Just, just go. That 40-minute delay for your flight, Seat was in traffic for 12 hours staring at the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, he's going through hazardous he conditions. has a lot more to complain Driving about. with the French kid down to the, the border of New, uh, Mexico. All I'm saying is in the moment, something kind of was like, ugh, with this guy. I know, but you didn't detail the entire, oh, I can't believe the crew is late. Oh, that was another thing. The, the, the crew coming from Boston in a limo, they announced for some reason. I don't know why they would even announce that because we're not annoyed as it is. Hour and a half delay from a Bradley Airport. There was an ice storm in the Northeast. Yeah, but why is the crew coming in from Boston? The flight, we're in Bradley Airport. Can't they find a crew that like knows how to fly a plane that lives in Connecticut? It just seems very strange. Um, a little delay on the uh, boarding process. The flight crew is coming in from a limo from Boston. Will Farrell join us a little bit later on, as will uh, Reggie Miller. Albert Breer set to join us as well. Right now, it's uh, Saints and Texans, coachless. Although Lovey Smith, the associate head coach of the Texans, is going to apparently be the leading candidate and maybe getting promoted from within. I guess. Um, why fire David Cully? Like he didn't have Deshaun Watson. They they were a competitive team. I mean, they, they, you know, it wasn't a team. They weren't trying to tank anything. And then you promote from within with Lovey Smith. So now you're pay, pay you're paying David Cully, and you're going to be paying Lovey Smith. Well, maybe you were already paying Lovey Smith. Maybe you give him a little raise. But the Saints, um, 
Not sure what they're going to do, but I think Eric Bieniemy had a nine-hour interview. And how do you do nine hours? Like even Jim Harbaugh with Minnesota had to do nine hours. What do they ask you during nine hours? Do you meet with like every different group, like the marketing team? The the, you know, the I don't think you do marketing as much as just are you meeting with offense, defense? Who are you meeting with? Because those coaches aren't going to be your coaches. I mean, how long is the lunch with the owners? i got to ask Albert Breer about this uh, whole process here. All righty, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. We will get to phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. We'll take a break. Back after this from Los Angeles here on the Dan Patrick Show. Fake charities are becoming more prevalent and an easy way for scammers to steal your money and your identity to prevent yourself from falling victim. Always research organizations before donating. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put that information at risk on the Internet. In an instant, a cybercriminal could steal what's yours, sometimes even harm your finances or your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been compromised, they send you an alert. And keep in mind... LifeLock's the first to tell you no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code PATRICK for 25% off. If they detect your information has been compromised, they will send you an alert. 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to LifeLock.com. Promo code PATRICK for 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Here in Los Angeles, our good buddy Albert Breer from the Monday Morning Quarterback will join us here momentarily. All studio guests this week sitting on a couch provided by Love Sack. The sectional is the world's most adaptable couch. <laughs> Very clever. Yeah, a few seats, a few sides there. Easily rearrange your sectionals to meet your needs. Machine washable, Todd. That's important. And uh, 250 cover options there. You can reinvent the look of your couch again and again. Designed for life. Sectionals are built to last a lifetime and come with a lifetime guarantee yes Paul. that thing is velvety nice i'm thinking about napping in it post show i know it does look good the dp show brought to you by m drive don't let age beat you refine your prime with the m drive a couple of phone calls then we'll bring in albert gus in la leads us off hi gus good morning mr patrick welcome you boys finally made it seating that was hysterical when dan said you smelled getting out of the mercedes <laughs> uh best and worst of the weekend here you know what i never usually touch on the subject but the weather's kind of been crappy here the last few weeks here. The weather, it's beautiful. It's 80 degrees all week here. Come on now. The worst of the weekend, though, because the reason why the best is well, not, not too much sports going on until Sunday, and I was like, all right, Pro Bowl will be good, right? So boring. I tuned into this clash at the Coliseum with 16 NASCARs doing 65 miles an hour at the Coliseum was more entertaining than watching the Pro Bowl. Who would have ever thought that? Yep. I know, Gus. Uh, I, I was fine with the two-hand touch. I just wish they would have let me know before the game. And I don't know when the refs go, you know what? This is how we're going to call it. Like That was what was surprising because the players, it felt like, they just said, what are we doing? How about we just put our hands on you know, a guy and then you're down? 
But then the officials have to know that as well. Get one more phone call in here. Nathan in Texas. Hey, Nate, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Dan. First time in a long time. I think I said that right. 5'11", 215. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm glad you made it to L.A. safe. Uh, I know how it is driving through Texas. Uh, I have a few questions. Well, not questions. I want to tell Seaton, man, when y'all did that Al Michaels impersonation a few months ago, I was at work, and I just died laughing. I had to look it up every other day just to remind myself how funny that was. Uh, that's pretty much it, Dan. Thank you for taking my right. call. All right. All right. Thank you, Nate. How many miles did you officially travel with the French kid? It was uh, 3,843. <laughs> did it feel like 3,000? Man, you know what? Yeah, that, especially that first beginning part. Because you're driving a lot of roads with a lot of trucks through all the way through, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, you know, t Kentucky, Tennessee. There's a lot of trucks driving around there. Um, and that was like a dang. We're putting in some miles here. That uh, the van, though, it, uh, it smelled used. Let's put it that way. It was used. And it one, was. one night you slept in the van because the French kid said he was going to sleep in a hotel. But then you, he said he should have slept in the van. It would have been nicer accommodations than the hotel. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, when we got to one particular city. We had been driving for a very long time, and he still had to edit some of the videos that we had shot. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we the French kid stayed at a hotel that was uh, questionable. <laughs> and then, yeah, I decided to sleep out in the uh, van. Yes, Todd. When does a hotel slip down into motel status? Is what I want to know. It's like they could call themselves a hotel all they want, but it's not necessarily a hotel. But isn't a motel that the rooms, the doors are outside? That's correct. When the when when you walk out the door and the world is outside your yeah, door, that's, that's a motel. That's when you bail. That's a motel. Well, well, I, I'm not opposed to a good motel. There, there's one in uh, Scottsdale, the Valley Ho. That's a good place. Valley Ho is, I think, a motel. Although it's the Valley Ho, so I guess it should be a Valley Hotel. Uh, let me bring in Albert Breer. He is the senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist, the Monday morning quarterback, and he has been with us all season long. A nice round of applause for Albert Breer. Albert, come on in. He kind of paused his Yeah, walking. he did. No, he was kind of uh, soaking in the uh, spotlight there. I get it. No, I got it. No, go ahead. We couldn't get Schefter. We couldn't get Glazer. We have Albert Breer, yeah, everybody. That works. That works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I could stand in for those guys. I'm yeah. glad you made it, too. Thank you. It was, it was, was a grueling experience yesterday. listening yeah. to people asking what the drink choice yeah. is. Um, do you want to ask the poll question, Albert, there, Fritzy? I can. Okay. <laughs> do you have it? I do have it. Okay. I just have like a lot of screens, so I have to click the one that has the The Pro Bowl is a fun, <laughs> lighthearted exhibition or lame and unwatchable. Is our poll I think it's somewhere in between because yeah. I think it's being positioned as something more than like a fun exhibition. Like I don't like think the NFL should put up any pretense that this is a real game. Yeah. Like I saw the official account tweeting like, "Oh look, like they're really playing defense out here." It's like, no, they aren't. Like, no, don't try to fool us. This isn't a real game. You know, I, if I'm them, and you know, I like I like the way it used to be when it was in Hawaii, and I think that they should really lean into. Like, you ever hear the stories about Peyton Manning at the Pro Bowl? So, like, Peyton Manning treated this almost like it was a convention for star players. And the stories about him, like, sitting around the pool in Hawaii, like, so many guys, like, took something from that, right? Like, he was, like, the mayor of the Pro Bowl. 
And because it was in Hawaii and it was hard to get to, you didn't have all these ancillary events. Like they did like the skills competition and that sort of stuff, but it didn't turn into this big circus. And I think like the NFL actually got some benefit from that because star players were getting to learn from Peyton Manning as they were coming up. Like, hey, here are some things that I need to take into account as I go forward in my career. And so I think that like if I was in charge, I'd say we make money off of everything else. Let's turn this into a showcase for our star players, a convention for our star players. I think Peyton Manning had it right. And then Peyton Manning retires. They move it out of Hawaii. And now I just think it's sort of become what it is. Yeah, but I, it, when does the official or the the officials decide this is going to be too in touch? Because they're, yeah. they're changing the rules mid-game. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> – I mean, I like – I think the the players have an agreement with each other. We're going to take care of each other out here, and I think the the officials are in on that too. So, I mean, I can't tell you that I watched the whole thing yesterday because I didn't. I was flying, but um, you know, like I like I, I like I do think that there's an agreement between the players that there's not going to be any heroes out here. Like, let's just all get out of this healthy, have some fun, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I think players are way more conscious now too than they were ten or fifteen years ago of like how their body is an asset like you're not going to see sean taylor laying out a punter you know what i mean like you're not gonna see that sort of play in the pro bowl anymore the miami dolphins found their head coach yep. uh tell us more about him the one thing you want to know about mike mcdaniel is like the people who have been around him and that group of young coaches your mcveighs mike and matt lafleur all those guys i i don't think i'm talking out of school, Dan, when I say they regard him as the smartest of all of them, maybe including Kyle, including Sean. And I think the proof is that if you look at Kyle Shanahan, he's got this group of coaches that's sort of traveled with him from place to place. There is only one that has gone with him from Houston to Washington to Cleveland to Atlanta to San Francisco. That's been with him every place, and that's Mike McDaniel. And the reason why is he's sort of the other side of Kyle's brain. And it's even to the point where, you know, my understanding in the last few years in San Francisco, he had that run game coordinator title, right? And, like, he'd basically be locked away Monday and Tuesday. You take care of the run game. I trust you with all of that. And Kyle would go off with other assistants and work on the passing game. So this is the guy who Kyle Shanahan trusted most. And the question is going to be, like, whether or not he can be the front of the room leader. But I do think he's grown in that area, too, where – He's so comfortable in his own skin that he doesn't need to get up there and be like Mike Vrabel. You know what I mean? I also wonder, though, when it, it felt like when Brian Flores was being fired that you were going to fire him to hire Jim Harbaugh. Right. Normally you fire somebody, you have somebody yeah, so in the on-deck circle. Yeah. But I don't know what happened because Stephen Ross, even though we've talked about it, hey, I don't want to take him from my alma mater. Right. But if Minnesota is going to take him from your alma mater, yeah. why don't you take him for your own football team in South Florida? And I thought that was the weird thing about last week. Like, it's just, I think if he had had an offer from Minnesota, the possibility existed that he, he would go to them and say, well, you know what? Now you're not taking me from Michigan anymore. Now you're taking me from Minnesota. Um, because I do, think, like, I do think Jim Harbaugh had and has had a desire to get in the NFL. This didn't just start this year either. Yeah. I mean, last year when Michigan put him in that position, where they were going to force him to take the pay cut, he sniffed around the Jets, he sniffed around the Chargers. Every team that had an opening had gotten some level of feelers from from Jim Harbaugh, like, would you be interested in bringing me in? So he had shown that desire to get to the NFL. I also think there's an element of this. He wanted Michigan to sweat. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, 
There's no one that holds a grudge like Jim Harbaugh holds a grudge. <laughs> and, I, I mean, he actually... But is the grudge because they cut his pay? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he, he, he held a grudge with the people that made him take the pay cut. And I think for him, like, he didn't say anything, but he filed that away. And if... The, like, I'm not saying it's the, the motivation for him doing what he did over the last month, but I think it's one heck of a side benefit for him that, like, those people that put him through that last year that made him take that pay cut... And I don't think it's about the money. It's a pride thing. Yeah. You know, making me, you're, you're going to you're gonna embarrass me that way. My alma mater is going to embarrass me that way. And maybe he deserved it, but, like, the way that he calculated, calculated it was, like, you put me in this position. You publicly embarrassed me. I brought you to the playoff. Now I'm going to make you feel it a little bit. Didn't he publicly embarrass them the way Michigan played? <laughs> against Ohio State. I mean, I was in Columbus a couple of years ago when they could have put up 70 points on Michigan. Right. So I guess you could say you kind of put us in this position. Now, would I have cut his pay in half? No. Yeah. Because knowing Harbaugh's personality, I don't want to embarrass him unless, you know, now he's reinvigorated, like I'll show you, and then they had this unbelievable year. But I, I don't believe yeah. when he says, hey, this is it. I flirted one time with somebody <laughs> until that next offer. The Texans, it looks like, are going to promote uh, Lovey Smith. <laughs> I, what is going on here? I, I, like, I, I think that there was, I mean, a real desire to look at Josh McCown as the next head coach. And, and he has no experience. And I think they understand the optics of it, too. And I think that my question is, so there were some – Real serious game management issues, and and like I think one thing people get wrong about the Patriots people is thinking like it's all about control, and it's not. It's I think with the Patriots people, what happens when they get matched with people from other programs? Their standard is way up here, and when that standard isn't met, it frustrates them, it angers them, and I think there were some things that slipped last year from a detail standpoint in game, where Nick Casario made the decision I can't go forward with David Culley as my head coach, and I understand that. Why are you hiring his defensive coordinator then? Like that's the thing, and I, I think a huge part of this wound up being optics. So, like you know, you've you've eliminated everybody but three candidates. You called Jonathan Gannon on Saturday. Casario called Gannon on Saturday, told him he's out. Now you're down to Josh McCown and Brian uh, and Brian Flores. And can you hire Brian Flores when he's suing the league? I'd argue it'd be a bold move, and they should have tried to do that. Um, you know, I, I think that they could turn. I think they should. Turn around and maybe look at a Gerard Mayo who understands the program. It just feels like they're doing something that maybe is the safe thing right now, which, I mean, who's to say we're not going to be back here a year from now? That's true. Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, joining us here in our L.A. studios. We stand on the precipice of having more African-Americans on the United States Supreme Court than as head coaches in the National Football mm -hmm. League. That's Dr. Harry Edwards, civil rights activist, telling that to the New York Times. Uh, the, the Saints? Uh, is Eric Bieniemy going to get a job? No, I don't think this in this cycle. What, what, what are we missing here? So, I mean, I don't think it's that uncommon. We've seen it before. Like Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator of the Saints, a really good coach. Like, just NFL teams didn't project him to be a head coach. And he's been the offensive coordinator for some really good offenses in New Orleans for, what, the last 12 years? Yeah. And so sometimes this happens. And, I, you know, I think, like, people pinning all of the – like using like Eric Bieniemy, who I think is a good coach, like using him to kind of explain everything that's wrong with the system, I I think has made it so it's a little harder for teams to look past that and go, 
Why aren't we looking at Gerard Mayo? Why aren't we looking at D'Amico Ryans? Why aren't we looking at Leslie Frazier? Why aren't we? There are there are a lot of good candidates out there, and I think focusing too much on one guy sort of exacerbates the problem because now it's like, okay, well, we feel like we have to bring him in. Now you literally are checking a box instead of like doing the real investigation and figuring out, like, hey, Raheem Morris did a heck of a job in L.A. He's been a head coach before. Like, give him a shot. D'Amico Ryans, Gerard Mayo, two examples of ex-players like Mike Vrabel that project to be really good head coaches. Um, you know, I think focusing too much on Biennemi, and I, again, I think Eric's a good coach, I think can make the problem worse. A uh, question about the Super Bowl. It feels like Matthew Stafford wins the Super Bowl. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame, depending on how well he mm-hmm. plays. But it's almost like he and Phillip Rivers are similar that, you know, although yeah. Rivers is more successful in the postseason, but they're stat guys. If Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl, <laughs> see, now all of a sudden, now you're halfway to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And you're the next Mahomes. Right. So uh, what or, angle do you love the most? I like the idea that Burrow, stylistically, and I covered Brady when he was young. Stylistically, he's the closest thing to Tom Brady to come into the league since Brady was young. Um, but more athletic. More athletic, but the accuracy, the pocket movement, and as much as anything else, I think it's like the ability to galvanize and change a place. And this isn't the first time we've seen it either. Like, and I think I've said this to you before, but like when he was at LSU, what was LSU for all those years? Tough defense. When they were competent on offense, and that wasn't always, it was like a Bo Schimbeckler, three yards in a cloud of dust type of offense. And he gets in there, and what happens? He changed everything, right? And so I think the same thing's happening in Cincinnati. So that's that ability to sort of galvanize an entire place and change a place, which Brady could do. And then it's in the biggest moments, flatline. Like, he's an intense competitor, but in the biggest moments when guys walk into the huddle with him, total flatline. And that's why I think in a spot like this, I mean, God, if they if the Bengals can just get it into the final five minutes of the game, I think it's tough to bet against Burrow. I brought this up when Brady announced he was retiring, like what is next? Because these guys always got to fill that yeah. void. And I didn't know if you could see Brady owning a team. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him as a broadcaster, even though if I'm Amazon, I just throw out $25 million right. a year. Yeah, What's 25 to Amazon? Uh, what do you, having known Tom for a long time, what what do you think quenches that thirst? Uh, you know, I think that there's, I think he's been fearful of this for a while, like what this is going to be like, because I think he knows, as competitive as he is, there's going to be nothing that can replace what he's about to walk away from. Um, and I think that's part of what kept him in it, to be honest with you, is like the fear of like, what's it going to be like when I don't have that outlet anymore? You know, I do think like a big part of it for him is all this knowledge he's, built up and like kind of like the proprietary um, proprietary advantage that he's had over everybody else, it's finding a way now to, to give that to other people, you know? And I, and I think, you know, that's what TB12 is about. Like I, like I think like I, it wouldn't surprise me if he started helping young quarterbacks. Um, he had people in his life that were really important in his life. Guys like, you know, Tom Martinez, who was his, you know, who was private, private quarterback coach when he was young, um, Tom House, obviously, more recently, um, that made a huge impact on him. Alex Guerrero, that, like, I think really were game changers for him. And I think, like, the idea that he could make a business out of being that sort of game changer, I think, appeals to him, which is what TB12 was when he launched it. Final question. Mm-hmm. Could you beat up Adam Schefter? I get the height advantage. I got reach. Yes, you do. <laughs> it sounds like a yes to me, guys. 
No comment. Let's bring out Adam Schefter here. He comes to Glazer. You have no shot with. Oh, uh, Glazer, be tough. Yeah, I, I have reach on him too, but I think he might. I think he might might have me there. Uh, lock and four. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take yeah. you. Yeah, I think I. I think I'd you could take, take that him. one. How about Jeff Darlington? Jeff's pretty. Like I don't know. I think. I think <laughs> Jeff's pretty. So like I. I think. I think all you would have to do is muddy the fight up a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks for all your uh, help this year. Absolutely. Contributions. You always make us smarter every time you're on. Uh, You might want to thank me, too, since I had. I said thank you. Well, man, it didn't feel. I said my pleasure. I said my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I mean, you could have started it. But, hey, before I, you know, we end this, I'd just like to say thank you for boosting my career. I mean, little things. Uh, Thank you. Working with a legend. I don't know. (laughs) I try it again next time. You uh-huh. uh, hey, thank you. Have a great week. Okay, and I'll, I'll kiss the ring after we get off. Okay, the air. that's fine. Uh, he's Albert Breer, the uh, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist. Monday morning, even the the backroom guys aren't really applauding here. Can we try that one more time for Albert Breer? That's pretty good. Thanks, Golf guys. Applause. All right, play thank of the day. You, thank you, Dan. Oh, thank, thank you. You're Dan. welcome, Albert. Play of the day is up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh my God! The play, the play, is called play. of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Murray back to pass. He moved to his right. Murray looking, throws, and that one is intercepted. It's picked off by Darius Leonard to the Colts, running back down the near sideline. 25 to the 20, 15, cuts back 10. Leonard is on his way to the end zone for a touchdown. That's courtesy of Westwood One Radio. That was one of three defensive touchdowns in this year's Pro Bowl. Play of the Day brought to you by M-Drive, the supplement for driven men. Provides healthy testosterone support, boosts energy. Visit mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Get M-Drive. We went out to dinner last night. Uh, guys who were uh, the, the Danettes and then the backroom guys as well. We were watching some of the uh, Winter Olympics, and <laughs> Seton found his favorite Olympian. If my mom were still alive, my mom would love this uh, this Olympian's name. I don't know what he competes in. Luge. Luge. Yes, he's a Russian luger. Okay, and his name is? Seaman Pavelchenko. <laughs> Seaman Pavelchenko. Yeah. Okay. Of course, my mom famously referred to Seton as Seaman quite a few times for some reason. That's my guy. Yeah, so Seaman Pavlichenko. We'll keep an eye out on him. Let's go, Seaman! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> oh, it's only Monday. Yeah, it is. Only Monday. Uh, let's see, Todd in North Carolina. Hey, Todd. Hey, hey Todd. Hey, Todd. 
Another Hello? ill-prepared Todd. Todd! Hey. Sorry to interrupt your morning. I just thought I'd call you and see how you're doing. Todd! See it, Todd. He's as useless as our Todd. <laughs> you know, the dog yapping what? in the background. Is Todd the dog? I mean, the, the, the I dog knows how to dial a hotline. Uh, yep. Danny in Virginia. Then we'll get a poll update, Todd. That means I'm giving you a I heads up. I should have up. that ready on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Danny? Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Danny. First time, long time. 59175. All right. Got a best of the weekend. Uh, Kelly Slater winning yeah. pipeline. Six days shy of his 50th, 30 years since his first win. Also, first time women competed, so shout out to Moana Jones. Moana Jones Long, excuse me. Uh, second best. Duke steamrolling UNC. Worst UNC, uh, UNC fans' treatment of Coach K prior to the game. So, in honor of that, and McLovin, suck at Gibbs. Go to Hell, Carolina. Let's go, Duke. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Danny, for the phone call there. Uh, Super Week DP Show brought to you by Panini America, the official trading card to the Dan Patrick Show. Yeah, it was an embarrassing moment for North Carolina fans. And if Roy Williams was the head coach there, he would have probably said, give me a microphone and tell these fans shut up. You don't treat Coach K that way. And, and this is the, the last appearance for Coach K there. And you know what? He handled, handed you your lunch. Accept it, now move on. But, you know, treating him that way, that's embarrassing. I get the rivalry, but have some class with your rivalry. And, and I know it's not all of the fans, so I don't want to hear from you. But just to hear that, like his, his final trip there, unless Coach K goes, you know what, that's the rivalry. Maybe he takes the high road, I don't know. But I, I just thought somebody at North Carolina should have done something. You know? Maybe Coach K should have just gone, uh, scoreboard there. <laughs> scoreboard, kids. Yeah, F me, F you. Right there. Yeah, pulling. He also said uh, one of his best of the weekends is Kelly Slater, the great uh, surfer. People were asking Kelly Slater after his event, now are you going to retire? You're almost 50. How do you retire from surfing? You retire to surf. Why would you ever quit? You're still relevant. It's like, you know, when you're a golfer and they say, you're going to retire. And what? Go golfing? I, you know... Seems like that's the thing you do. Although surfing is not, that doesn't strike me as, hey, I'm going to take a little stroll down, you know, into the sunset. It looks pretty intense with what <laughs> they do. You can go out and play golf. You know, that's okay. And not many people die playing golf or get really hurt playing golf. By the way, did you see Jordan Spieth with the shot on the, the eighth fairway overlook? I've been to that edge. And there were a, a couple of uh, tourists a few years ago drove their cart off that cliff. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, they died. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's 68 feet down. Oh, I thought it was like jackass where they were doing it. To be no, back. no, they went over the cliff. And so Jordan Speed. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew the result, I probably wouldn't have laughed. Probably not. Probably. You know what? We'll take that out of the rear. Yeah, actually, I'm not feeling bad about it. So, yeah. there were people drove it over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, is, is there a sign for the cart saying you know yes. 68 foot cliff ahead? You might want to hit the. There's brakes. an ocean. <laughs> Why don't they put up a rope or something? I don't know. They have a little line that you're not supposed to go over, and he was right on the edge. You can't just put a tarp over it and think you could just go cruise right across it. Will Farrell coming up. One more item, we close out hour one. Uh, I was watching the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I just wanted to see who was hitting my golf ball. 
Callaway engineered Chrome Soft the best tour ball. Didn't just make the best players better, made everyone better. Men, women, first time, major winners, repeat major winners, club champs, business golfers, weekend warriors. Chrome Soft family has the best tour performance of any type of performance you're going to see. Starting with the regular Chrome Soft, there's the Chrome Soft X, provides excellent spin consistency, tour level short game control. Finally, Chrome Soft XLS, lowers spin on longer shots, and every Chrome Soft is enhanced print with precision technology, ensuring the highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible. When you add it all up, it's pretty simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best and better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you. CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. 